0: Welcome to Wisdom from the Word of God, the Bible teaching ministry of Pastor Owen Butler, endeavoring to reconnect people with God. In the book of Psalms, Psalm 131 reads as follows. Lord, My heart is not haughty, nor my eyes lofty. Neither do I concern myself with great matters, nor with things too profound for me. Surely I have calmed and quieted my soul like a weaned child with his mother. Like a weaned child is my soul within me. O Israel, hope in the Lord for this time forth and forever. Saints of God, I want to talk to you from the thought how to have a better day. How to have a better day. Amen. 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 Uh, saints of God, we are looking at the 131st number of psalms. Amen. It is a psalm of David. Amen. It is also a psalm called the psalm of ascents. Mm-hmm. The psalm of ascents, amen, are a number of psalms leading up to at least 15 of the psalms that were put to music as the Israelites made pilgrimage to Jerusalem. Well. It was also a time at which these psalms were sung as they went to the temple up the stairs to the temple and also when they went to Mount Zion. Well, I uh, would like to uh, bring your attention to something that is instructive from that perspective. Every time one of these psalms were sung, the people were going to see the Lord, amen. And so not only did they need to be singing these psalms but their hearts need to be in accordance to the psalms. And what you will find if you read the Psalms of Ascent that you will find that the words of those psalms really if you take heed of them and apply them to your heart will prepare your heart to meet the master. Because how many of y'all know you just can't come to God any old kind of way? No, no, no. Amen. On this first Sunday, amen, we will be reminded of some folk who came to God any old kind of way, Mother Dealwood. And the text will let us know in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 that some folks had to go to sleep. And I'm not talking about for the night. I mean till Jesus comes back. No. Because they came to the Lord in communion any old kind of way. So see, God is sovereign and he's holy and he's sacred, amen. And we cannot come to an almighty, all holy God any old kind of way. So as we make pilgrimage, amen, to the Lord, amen, we need to make sure that we get our hearts right. Amen. So we find ourselves dealing with three verses. The totality of Psalm 131, simply three verses. And so we see in the text, by this time, amen, that David has learned a few things about life and a few things about the Lord. Never forget that David, even though imperfect, in multiple places in the word of God, we find God refers to him as a man after his own heart. And desires to do his will according to his way. Amen. Amen. So we can always find something instructive when we look at the words of david when he pens a psalm, when he pens a proverb amen we can learn from that we can get life lessons so that we are more pleasing to god
1: amen.
0: so first thing in this psalm of ascents as they're singing it going up to jerusalem up to the temple up to mount zion he says lord <laughs> On yesterday, we talked about uh, some people want uh, Jesus to be their God, but not their Lord. Mm. See, there's a difference here because some folks just want God to get them out of hell and into heaven. Mm. But as far as this obedience thing, that's a problem. But when you say Lord, you are saying that I'm going to submit myself unto the mighty hand of God and I'm going to obey his commandments. And so now that's where the rubber meets the road. But not with David. David said, even though I have not been perfect, I desire one thing and that is to obey the Lord. He said that the word of God, amen, for him was a lamp unto his feet and a light unto his path. See, he understood that if he was going to get to the promised land, he had to get there by the word of God amen and so he says in the text he says my heart is not haughty well first thing um some of you bible readers when you see the word haughty it ought to remind you of one of the proverbs amen and that particular proverb amen was written by his son king solomon so we know that king solomon was paying attention amen and that song, that proverb says that pride comes before destruction. Well. Amen. And haughtiness before a great fall. Yeah. Now you notice that in that proverb, Amen, that the word pride and haughtiness is in the same proverb. You must remember that uh Proverbs is part of a genre with inside of the Bible called poetry. Mm. So sometimes two words meaning the same thing are used because of the color of poetry. The poetic books being Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and the Song of Solomon. Amen. And so in this text, we find that we're talking about some form of pride hardiness Well, not all pride is bad. Amen. You can be proud of your children's accomplishments when you see them work hard at what they're doing and they do well. That's a positive because that aligns itself with good self-esteem. Amen. But the kind of pride here is what's called egotistical pride. It's the kind of pride that's based on ego. Amen. And the same word, haughtiness, can be translated arrogance. Egotistical pride, haughtiness, and arrogance, all the same thing. The only reason why different words are being used is because the are, are the poetic books. Amen. Are y'all following me today? So what he is dealing with here is egotistical pride. It's the kind of pride that says, I'm not accomplishing what I do just because I've worked hard at it, but because it's intrinsic within me of my own greatness. Am I to the point where everything I touch turns into
1: gold?
0: But where is God when we're talking about I, 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 instead of talking about him? Him, him. See, arrogance is when we start to read our own paper clippings and believe in our heart. It's based on our intrinsic value. It's based on what's in me and that's all it takes. And I'm so great that I can do anything and do it well. Well. But the reality is that all of us have weaknesses and all of us are imperfect. And if we do anything well, it's by the grace of of God so the, the psalmist David is saying to here, wait Lord I'm not attributing my greatness as a king because you do know that uh, during the times of the kingship of David there was some of the most powerful most wealthy most productive times that Israel ever saw wow. amen Are you, am I right about it today right. but he was saying but it's not about me, Lord, it's all about you. It's not because of me, but it's because of you. I'm not haughty. Because folks were saying in the day when Goliath, when I, when I slew Goliath how that uh um uh, I mean, uh Saul would do his thousands and David my ten thousands, and all of that kind of stuff. He said, No, no, I realize that all that I am is because of. Of the Lord and for us this is instructive because we always have to watch our egos whether male or female we can start doing well and start to forget that the only reason why we are doing so well is because of the grace of God Because you are doing well on your job or your business is flourishing or your family is doing well, it's because of the grace of God. All God has to do is move his hand away and allow disease and allow affliction and allow a reprobate mind to come into our families and everything will go into disaster. But anything we are and ever shall be is because of the grace of God. We have to watch our egotistical pride. We have to watch our arrogance. But when we look at the text, he says, nor are my eyes lofty. Neither do I concern myself with great matters. When you look at this, King David is saying, I've got enough to do, amen, being the king of Israel. I don't need to go out looking for more greater beyond my capacity to do. I know my place in God's plan, and that is for me to be the king over Israel. And if I do that well, then good. But looking to be something that God has never called me to be, no, that's not me. If I can be a good king by the end of my days, then I have done well. And you know what? Some of us, amen, God has stationed us in places to do certain things. And sometimes we're looking over there and looking over there. Looking at something that God has not called us to. And before we know it, we have gotten off track and we're over here looking at that and not doing a good job that what God has put before us. See, uh, uh, King David is saying to us, amen, as he's speaking with the Lord, that we are to focus on what God has called us to do. Because if you really look at it, what God has given us to do is enough. If you are a mother or a father or a parent, it's enough to be a good parent for your life. If you are an usher or a preacher or a singer or you work on a particular job or wherever God has placed you, it's going to be enough. And it's not time to move on to anything else until God moves you on. Because sometimes we think we're ready for something bigger when we have not even done well with that which we already have. Because we think we're ready for this and we're ready for that. We think we're thousandaires, but we want to be millionaires. Amen. But we have not learned how to manage those thousands. Amen. Bills going due. Amen. Because we're buying things that we shouldn't buy. Amen. Before we take care of the necessities. Amen. So first of all, we have to learn how to be good stewards over what has been given before we are ready to go to the next level. Because God said, I gotta first trust you in little before I can trust you in what, y'all? Much, amen. So we look at the text. He says, nor with things too profound for me. Paul, there is nothing like humanity trying to figure out things that God never intended for us to understand. It's nothing like humanity I don't know about every other country, but I know in the United States, we are, we got some big time egos and we are arrogant into the area of trying to understand infinite things with a finite mind. I never have have I seen so frequently folk trying to figure out the reality of God based on conditions in the world. Saints of God, we talked about this on yesterday, amen, at the Swope Ridge. And folk is running around here talking about, I knew God was not real because if he was real, Kobe would not be dead. Now, folk crazy, and they don't even know it, that God's reality is predicated on his creations living or dying. Now, don't that sound real crazy? But in their minds, they are confident that God ain't real because Kobe Bryant died in a helicopter crash. That's terrible theology. That's concerning yourself with something that's really beyond your ability to understand. Because God has a master plan that all of us fit into, but none of us are smart enough To understand the totality of his plan. We don't know how God is using Kobe and his family, his daughter, and the other seven people's death on that helicopter in his master plan. We don't know what God is doing. But one thing we do know as believers, or we should know, that the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. But guess what? Reverend Stephen just said it. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So whether we live or whether we die. Whether we live long or whether we live short. Blessed be the name of the Lord. See one of the ways we can have a better day. Is to start thanking God for what we have been given. Instead of lamenting. And what we have lost. Are y'all following me today? See, life is a gift. And it's a temporary gift. Because Job said it right when he also said, a man who is born of a woman, and that means mankind, life is short and full of trouble. Now life is a Gift And it's a temporary gift. And the reality of it all is that the giver never told us how long we would have the gift. He did tell us it was temporary, but he didn't say how long. It is humanity that comes up with the measure of how long life is supposed to be. If you're supposed, it's too early if you died at 20. You got to die at 80, right? You got to die at 90. No, you die when the Lord says you die. Because the Bible tells us that it's appointed unto man once to die. And then the judgment. He didn't tell you when, but he tell you once. Amen. So we have to be more careful to make sure and to teach others, amen, in our circles who get this messed up that they need to realize that life is a gift and they need to cherish it while they have it because they know not the day nor the hour in which it shall be required. Now see, what folk ought to be doing is cherishing the games and the things that they have seen with his daughter and him and the other seven people, whatever they have done as well. They ought to cherish that and say, thank you, Lord, for giving this for them to us for the time you did. That's how you have a better day. That's how you keep your faith. That's how you don't struggle with your faith because your faith should not be in man in the first place. It ought to be in God. And the God that I serve, he will not lie nor will he die because the God that I serve does not change. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Am I tracking with y'all today? So when we look at the text, He says, surely, I have calmed and quieted my soul, like a weaned child with his mother, like a weaned child is my soul within me. King David said, I ain't upset, I ain't turned around, I ain't wringing my hands, I'm not got my blood pressure up, I'm not twisted, I'm not having sleepless nights, I calmed my soul, I had to get with myself and say, soul, what's wrong with you? Why are you all upset all night long about these issues that you have no power to do anything about? Go to sleep. Get your rest. And that's what we have to do. When we go through these things that we have no power to do anything about, uh, what good is it going to do if you stay up all night, Reverend Steele? It's still what it is, ain't it, it, Reverend? We might as well go to sleep and trust in the Lord. Amen. Amen. Folk worried about a whole bunch of stuff and can't sleep at night and got to take pills because of their own anxiety. Not clinical anxiety, but anxiety has been brought upon themselves because they're worrying about stuff that they can't do anything about. Amen worried about what's going on in the Congress and in the Senate and President Trump and all this other stuff. What can you do about it? You're down here trying to make it on a daily basis and you're trying to stay up at night worrying about what's going on. Go to sleep and trust in the Lord. He know what he's doing. He knows why the man is in the position. He knows why we got the Congress we do and the Senate. Take your rest. God knows what this is all about and why he is doing it. He knows what this is all about, and he knows why he's got us here, too. We could have been born in another place at another time. But we are born and living at a time to do a specific purpose inside God's plan. So let's go to sleep. Let's get some rest. Amen. And run on a little while longer. Amen. Amen. And so so King David said, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm getting my sleep. Amen. My soul quiet. My blood pressure down. Amen. I'm eating good. Everything all right. Yeah, I know we got enemies all around us, but that's all right. The Lord has protected us before, and he'll protect us again. Amen? Amen. Sister Kennedy, is that's what we do. We go to bed. Amen? We don't worry about it. Amen? When you done studied all you done studied, amen, you just go to bed and rest. And then ace the test tomorrow. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. So when we look at the text, King David says, he says, he says, like a weaned child with his mother. Mm-hmm. Now, the first thing, because of our vernacular, because of our uh, modern vernacular, when we see the word wean, we think about a child that's no longer going to be on milk. They're on solid food. Now, that is one aspect, but not in this context. In this context. Now, the same word weaning, if you will, is used by uh, the Apostle Paul later when he said, You know, I desire for you to get, be on, on solid food, amen, but you're still on milk. Hey, he wants you to be weaned, yeah. amen, in that perspective. But the perspective that King David has here is simply, I'm finished drinking milk and now I'm content. Yeah. Not that I'm not going to drink milk again, but I- I'm full now. Sister Penman, I, I, I didn't drink enough milk, I'm not crying, I'm not hungry, my stomach's not hurting, I'm, I'm good now. And not only is that taken care of, but I'm in my mother's arms. I'm in a place of protection, Mother Collins. I, I ain't gotta worry about a thing because mama gonna take care of me. I don't have a desire, I don't have a doubt that I'm not gonna be all right. He says that's how, as a baby is, amen, to his or her mother, that I am to the Lord. Mm. See, what we have to do, amen, is get up in the arms of Jesus. Yes, we got to get to that place where we can find rest mm. for our souls. Yeah. We, we got to get to, as Psalm 91 talked about, under the shadow mm. of the Almighty. Amen. Yeah. At that place, you are. there is protection. Amen. There's no... Pestilence that can befall thee. Amen. We have to be comforted and confident and content in whatever state we're in. I remember the words of the apostle Paul. He said, "He said, whether I'm abased or I abound, I'm content in whatever state I'm in. Whether I got no money or whether I got an abundance, I'm content in whatever state I am." Now, the Apostle Paul understood this because the Apostle Paul went through all kinds of maladies. He went through being stoned and drugged to the edge of the city and left for dead. He was shipwrecked. He was lied on and he was talked about. Even he had a thorn in his flesh that he asked the Lord three times to remove it. And the Lord told him, my grace. Is sufficient. We don't know what the thorn was, but we do know he had physical ailments. Amen. Because we remember, if you have read the letters, that you know that the physician Luke, who is the author of Luke and Acts, also traveled with the apostle. Undoubtedly, he was there to help deal with some of his maladies. We know he had eyesight problems, at least that and other things. He had been locked up in dingy jails where there were disease and fungus and all kinds of bacteria. You know Paul went through some things. But he said, in whatever state, whether I'm in prison or I'm free, I'm content. Because his contentment was not in his earthly situation, but his contentment was in the Lord. I don't know who I'm talking to today, but that's what is the whole point of the matter to have a better day, is to make sure that you don't lose your focus on the Lord. Because there will be trials and tribulations in this life. There will be trouble. There will be folk who lie on you, talk about you, stab you in the back, do you wrong, leave you, and left you for dead. But that's all right. As long as the Lord is on your side, who can be against you? Amen. Amen. So we look at our text with our final verse as we come to a close. After David has said all of this in his writings, amen, to put the song, he said something particular to the nation of Israel. He commanded the nation of Israel to hope in the Lord. He said hope in the Lord Not just for a little while, not while things are good, mm -hmm. but also when things are bad. The text says, from this time forth and forevermore. I like the way this is usually written in the King James Version. it probably reads something like this from this time henceforth and uh, forevermore. So, after King David had given instruction about how mankind should relate unto the world and to God, he gave a specific commandment to to those who were God's people. And today, by association and by inference, he's talking to every child of God in this place. He's saying, wait upon the Lord for he will renew your He will give you strength
1: above
0: strength. Yes, he will. And you shall mount up wings like eagles. You shall run and not be weary. And you Oh. for you and for me I don't
1: know about you today but I
0: God keep me. It's my word. Praise the Lord, saints. Praise the Lord. Sometimes you get a little happy when you start thinking about the Lord. Amen. Every day you ain't as happy as others, but amen. When you get it, you say thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. So at this time, saints of God, amen, we can open up the doors of the church Amen. Because we never want to take for granted that everyone in the house is saved. Amen. Amen. So we always open up the doors and we invite those who uh, uh, don't know the Lord as their Savior. Amen. To come and to get to know him as their Savior. So that he can walk with them and talk with them and tell them that he is theirs and they are his. Amen. 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 Amen.
1: There is room at the cross for you.